Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSR, HealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSR, HealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to Mary Ann Live. I'm Mary Ann Camarado. We're so glad you're here. Good place to be today. We're going to be talking about bullying in the workplace. You will be blown away. You might not even know what bullying actually is. It might be happening for you. Stay tuned this hour. We're going to be talking with Andrew Foss about his new book, Bullying in the Workplace. It's called The Bully's Trap. Uh, you can check it out online, get a copy uh, while we are doing the intro here. Come on, you can't fool me. I know you like to do two things at once. All these people that are multitaskers, I'm so jealous. I am incapable of multitasking well. It's really sad. But here's one thing I can do, is I can remember how we start every show, okay, what we do together, because we have a practice. For me, if I practice something, I can turn it into a habit, and habits form behavior, and behavior forms or produces results and eventually optimal ones if you get good habits. So here's one of our habits that we do. If you're joining us for the first time, you might like it. Try it on. If you're driving, by the way, do not close your eyes. Just notice the sound of my words and whatever part you can follow. Go ahead and do that. We're just going to take an audible breath. That's it. We're going to turn our attention inwards. In this culture, we are focused in this culture being the Western culture. I don't know what country you're in listening to me. You're like, oh, yeah, you Western people. You have it all backwards. (laughs) We know we're trying to change that. We're going to turn our attention inwards. For those of you who already know this, you're probably already doing it. Bring your awareness to your breath. It's free. It's a gift. It's a privilege to be able to breathe in and out. It's a simple part of our practice. Just notice, where is your breath right now? Is it in your belly? Is it in your chest? What else is going on in that body right now? Just turning your awareness, just really gently noticing what's happening. Your body's breathing without your help, so don't worry about it. There's nothing you need to do about it. And if you feel like it, you can just add a little bit more breath intentionally. And listen to your sound. There you are. There's your breath. It's really easy. And sometimes your shoulders might even come down away from your earlobes. You might roll your shoulders back. Who knows? Magic could happen just with the breath. Because here's the thing. If we're breathing and we're present, we get to receive the presence of our guests. And we have a very special guest today. You want to be present for Andrew Foss's work. Seriously. Yeah. The bully's trap. Bullying in the workplace, I know. You're starting to breathe really fast right now. Just hang on. Just keep breathing. We're going to go to our portal of gratitude before we get to that. Because the thing with the practice is we want to meet 
whatever we're experiencing in a particular way with intention when we can. So that's what we're going to do next. We're going to find our portal of gratitude. It's not a cliche. Gratitude is a way to be oriented, be in relationship with life. It's a, a wonderful shift oftentimes from, you know, a lot of us can get stuck in the victim mentality, especially, you know, in this, this particular subject matter. We feel like life is happening to us. Well, it might be. We're going to talk about that later, but let's find an attitude of gratitude, as they say, before we get to that place. And if you're having trouble today, one of my favorite ways to do this is to ask the question, who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? Or who made it possible for, who you, for you to be who you're being right now? You probably have a big, long list. Maybe you haven't thought about it in a while. We do here at Marian Live. You go down your list, multitask away. We're going to go down our list. Uh, at the global level, One World Children's Fund, um, as a matter of fact, is our honorary sponsor. And .org, if you're online, um, they are helping unite the people to improve the lives of children affected by poverty. They're an amazing organization. They're our honorary sponsor here at Marian Live. On the national level, the National Action Organization, uh, .org, if you're online, they're committed to changing the way our culture values each other. And at the local level, uh, Open Secret Bookstore in San Rafael, California, they've got the latest in meditation and revelation. I've been hanging out there for double digits, double digits. Love to troll around the bookstore. I like it. I, I'm electronic, kind of, obviously. Here I am. But I like to pick up books, like Andrew Foss's book. I like holding it in my hands. I like to move back and forth between the pages. Well, Open Secret Bookstore is a place for you if you're in Northern California. All right. Well, that is my very partial but important list. Oh, yes, we hear the puppies are excited. Yes, you're like, animal kingdom? <laughs> no. You know you've Pretty got your pets. pets. We all have our pets. I hear Andrew's dog in the background. Yeah, but Andrew Foss is in the house. The Bully's Trap is the title of his new book, Bullying in the Workplace, is what we're going to be talking about. Have you been bullied, or are you uh, being bullied without knowing it? Or maybe you're a bully and you don't even know it. After being called out as a bully himself early in his professional career, Andrew realized that respect is a better motivator than intimidation. This moment sparked a lifelong passion for creating workplace workplaces that structures uh, structure to ensure psychological safety and freedom from bullying. He spent over 25 years at the executive level of some of Canada's largest corporations and experienced workplace bullying firsthand after exposing corruption by a peer and being retaliated against. His dual perspectives as a victim and a manager give him a unique point of view, and he assures you that you have a role to play in restructuring organizations to create supportive cultures. Andrew Foss is a management advisor and author, and he's joining us here on Marion Live. We're so delighted to have him with us to talk about this very important subject. Welcome to the program, Andrew. How are you doing? Thank you very much for. There you are. Thank you very much for uh, allowing me to. Uh, uh, talk to you about uh, what I think is one of the most critical uh, issues of our uh, generation. Wow. It's huge. According to your book, it is huge. It's so pervasive, and most of us don't, well, a lot of us don't even know that we might be affected by it. Isn't that right, Andrew? Well, um, uh, it, it, it's really hard to, to capture the dimensions of the problem because the... Uh, most people who are bullied um, 
uh, really can't associate uh, what they're going through with being bullied. Yeah. And most really uh, associate bullying with schools, and uh, that's because of the exposure that uh, bullying in schools had received. And while there are similar similarities to bullying in schools, bullying in the workplace is quite a bit different in so much that it's more subtle and complex than it is uh, in the school environment where it's uh, quite a bit more overt, uh, more verbal, physical. Um, and there's an article in the New York Times today talking about hazing. And although you do have that in the workplace, uh, it isn't as pronounced as it is in schools. To uh, one experience that really hit home with me about how people are unaware of, uh, of what they're going through, I gave a talk on the topic uh, late last year, and uh, somebody came up to me afterwards and indicated what I was describing was exactly what his uh, wife was going through and asked if he could call me. Um, ten days later, I received the call. Uh, he was in tears. He uh, was full of remorse and regret and indicated to me that he had called me too late because two days earlier his wife committed suicide. Oh, dear God. And when I went, I, I spent a bit of time with him after that, and when I went through what she was going through, it was so typical of... Uh, the many situations that people have spoken to me about. Uh, the title of my book, Bullies Trap, is, um, is really uh, uh, what people who are targeted go, fall into. Uh, they are um, normally good employees uh, with a good attitude. When they're targeted, the bully um, uh, discredits them and uh, harasses them, terrorizes them, abuses them to a point, it affects their employment. And they turn into uh, a performance problem and uh, with an attitude problem. And what happens is the bully turns the, the target into the villain. So rather than being, being a, a victim of it, the bully, the, the bullied, uh, the target ends up becoming the villain. And so many, so many people fall into that. And uh, by reading my book, uh, I offer some solutions in terms of not solutions, but information on what to look out for. Uh, the people's instinct usually indicates that there's something wrong or something out of the norm. Uh, for example, not being invited to attend meetings that they should be attending, withholding information, uh, being discredited through gossip. And what I tell people is that your instincts are a variety of activities, comments, and events uh, that when you add them up, it usually adds up to your being targeted and being bullied. So it's important to to understand what's going on around you, and once you start uh, realizing it, uh, start documenting it. So you have that uh, in order to be able to, in a factual manner, confront it. All right. Well, let's let's back up just a little bit for folks who are just joining us on Marion Live. We're talking about uh, the bully's trap, which is the title of Andrew Foss's new book, Bullying in the Workplace, which, according to Andrew and, and 
and other experts, is a, a rather new phenomenon or a new concept, but it's pretty pervasive. And uh, you may or may not know about it. You may or may not be experiencing it. And you may or may not be a bully yourself. Uh, we're going to explore these concepts over the next hour with Andrew. But let's, let's frame for folks what a bully actually is. Let's start sort of from the macro and then narrow it down into the workplace. So um, give us an idea of a, the bully as an archetype. Who is this person? Well, a bully is someone who um, um, uh, motivates true fear. Like in the workplace, you know, that's how I can best describe it. And uh, bully is also someone who um, is um, uh, does not like any kind of dissenting viewpoint. You want to ask me what does a bully look like? Well, we're seeing it in prime time on real time. Mm-hmm. And, oh yes, uh, and um, and uh, you know, it's just a horrible, horrible uh, situation from my perspective. And and unfortunately, people are responding to it. Yeah, but if you want to know what a bully looks like yeah. and how a bully operates, turn on the TV, right? We turn on the TV. The tyrannical, narcissistic. <laughs> Uh, screaming, yelling, fear-mongering. Uh, yeah, we see that right there, straight up. And people respond because they respond to this fear. And we're going to get to this later. This is a cultural phenomenon, and this bullying is embedded in our cultural psyche. This is what's so scary and brilliant about your book. So we're, let's just keep un- unveiling this bully uh, uh, scenario here now. So the bully... Uh, exists, what is he sort of psychologically what motivates him? Like, is this something, uh, we, you know, that, that the particular people are prone to, Andrew? Uh, you know, I get that there's a cultural component that we're going to talk about, but personally, this person just gets off on feeling powerful. Is that it? Well, uh, I haven't devoted a lot of time in terms of psychoanalyzing bullies, and nor have I spent a lot of time on uh, trying to re- rehabilitate bullies because I really, really question the, the efficacy of that. Right, got it. And I appreciate and that. And if, if you ask uh, why do bullies bully, um, I go back to a great line by Oscar Wilde. It's the prisons that need the reformation, not the prisoners. Mm-hmm. And bullies bully because they can, they're allowed to, and in many organizations they're expected to. Mm-hmm. Uh, for many bullies, it's a, it's a way to survive in an environment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where it becomes expected in terms of how do you motivate and how, and, and in many cases, how do you get rid of somebody. Mm-hmm. And organizations use it in a systemic way to, uh, to, uh, pull their workforce. And, uh, the other is bullies are highly insecure. So if they see anyone that is a challenge to their power and control, uh, they will target them. Got it. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about bullying itself uh, as we come up to the break here in just a little bit. 
Uh, what constitutes bullying? You have a, a beautiful section in the book that really lays this out. And if you're just joining us on Marian Live, you can get a copy of Andrew's book, The Bully's Trap, uh, wherever fine books are sold, or you can even go to Andrew's website. Uh, the book is available there, andrewfoss.com, A-N-D-R-E-W-F-A-A-S.com. Okay, so what constitutes bullying here? Let's talk about this, some of these distinctions. Well, it's, it's not a one-on-incident. Uh, it's, it's a combination of a number of events that occur over a period of time uh, that is meant to harm the individual. Hmm. Uh, so, it, yeah, the book is filled with stories about that. Sorry to, to cut you off here, but, you know. Oh, no, no problem. Yeah. So, w- one of the things that I was fascinated with is the idea that, um, that uh, there's a difference between uh, people, for example, my son, I was telling you before the, 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 we came on the air, my son was in a situation where he was being bullied and he didn't know it. He had a superior, he was a subordinate, uh, his, his, uh, the guidelines were unclear about what was expected of him, there was all kinds of emotional things going on, but he was being humiliated, undermined, threatened, badgered, um, this, this person was mean and so forth, which you say are uh, some of the distinctions of being bullied versus uh, the cautionary approach, coaching, disciplinarian, setting consequences. Uh, in some cases, and I want to talk about this later, the sexual orientation, sexual bullying, that was not a part of this, but flirting versus stalking. I mean, there is a, a definite differentiation between some of these behaviors. How is it? that this gets so fuzzy for people? Is this the, the cultural climate, or, or how does that work? Well, I, yeah, it, it is by and large, because in, in most cases, people just assume that that's just the way it is. And if they complain about it uh, uh, just to others, that people just say to them, well, uh, that's the real world. You can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, and suck it up. Yep. And, and uh, that is... Uh, that's the, one of the biggest barriers to uh, really getting at this uh, in a in a serious way. Yeah. And go ahead, yeah. No, I was just going to say, and let's don't pretend. In the workplace, we're talking about survival. How we pay our bills puts the roof over our head, the food in our belly, kids clothed, schooled, etc., etc. This is a survival concern. That's why this is so huge. It's not a small thing. Most of us are not independently wealthy, right? Even the wealthy go to work. That's right. It's a real problem here. You need to work, to live, so you feel trapped, right? And you're going to talk about when we come back after the break how how we get set up. It's sort of like uh, this book, when I read it, it reminded me of the metaphor of the, the frog in the boiling water. You know, have you heard this one where you put a frog in a pot of water and you just slowly turn up the heat increment by increment, and pretty soon the, the frog gets used to it. Next thing you know, he's, you know, boiled to death in some cases, as you mentioned earlier. This is not a small issue here. This is happening, and we get climatized or, or normalized to this kind of behavior, right? And, and it's really, uh, you know, we had some statistics in the book on uh, the size of the problem, and, uh, and I would assert that it's very understated. And the reason it is is people are afraid to talk about it. Yeah. And if they talk about it, uh, they, there's a stigma attached to it. And if they complain about it in the workplace, uh, they're often uh, targeted for removal. 
That's right. And so I think it's a, it's a, it's a much, much bigger problem than uh, I even cite in the book. Well, you know, Andrew, I think uh, one of the other things I loved about this book is you're speaking to a social component here that in our culture is really a new concept in terms of it being a mainstream concept. In other words, we live in, in the individualistic uh, culture where it's all about I, right? We haven't focused on so much we, the dynamic of the uh, group think or the group mind, or the, um, uh, what Carl Jung would call the um, collective unconscious, right? That the, the, the force of that collective energetic. And when you are in a group, uh, you often find, and you can tell us some stories when we come back after the break, about being complicit. Many of us are maybe complicit in this because we do have to survive, right? We don't know what alliance to create or not will take away our paycheck, our livelihood, uh, et cetera. So these are, again, not small decisions that we're having to make here. These are, are life-altering events, and many of the stories in your book illustrate where people have, in fact, taken their lives um, to the one extreme or, or living with lots of uh, uh, psychological and mental challenges uh, as a result of this problem, right? Yes, and, and the role of the bystander is so critical in, uh, in really getting at this. Uh, if I have time, I'd, I'd love to read you just a quote in the book. Yeah, we're going to go to break. I haven't heard my producer come on yet, but uh, okay. I'm assuming he's coming here pretty quick. So go ahead, and we'll start the quote. If we get interrupted, we'll go to break and, and reboot. All right. Well, it's like Martin uh, Neimollers, uh, and it uh, reads, First they came for the communists. And I did not speak out because, of my, because I wasn't a communist. Oh, then they trade, came for the trade unionists, and I didn't speak out because I wasn't a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I wasn't a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Wow. That is powerful. That is chilling. All right, everybody, we need to take breath on that note. Andrew Foss, he's here to help us unpack the story, the bully's trap, bullying in the workplace. Are you a victim? Are you a perpetrator? Are you part of the bystander effect? We're going to find out when we get back right after these messages. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back right here on Marian Live. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No, no More Love, love Life drama, drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce yet? 
We spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Everybody, welcome back to Marianne Live. Yes, this is a very big conversation we're having. Uh, my heart goes out to folks who are dealing with this issue. It is a plague. It is systemic. It is a real problem in our culture. And uh, Andrew Foss is joining us today. Uh, he's an author and comes from a background where he not only uh, witnesses bullying and, and now does consulting, he actually at one point was called out for being a bully himself, and we're going to ask him about that here in just a minute. Um, so, Andrew, before the break, we were talking about uh, that there is a social climate um, that uh, constitutes or makes it sort of imperative almost to be part of this bullying story, that we lived in this sort of a power-mongering, dictatorial kind of uh, setup. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, but you... You characterized for us the bully as an archetype, uh, that it's sort of necessity to be part of the, the game in the corporate world or in the workplace. Um, and we made some differentiations around what constitutes bullying uh, and that this is a, a huge problem, uh, one that's not generally looked at in the workplace more in the schools, but it's happening in the workplace by and large. Uh, and uh, you brought up the idea of being a bystander. So, so let's let's pick back up after the quote that you read us, um, which might be worthy of sort of revisiting that again, because the problem is so many of us see it happening or it's happening to us, but we're terrified. We feel paralyzed to do anything about it. How big a part of the problem is that in this story, in this issue? Well, I, I would say that it is the largest uh, factor in uh, the issue not being uh, brought forward and it, that it's under the radar and it's an open secret in, um, I would suggest, most organizations. Uh, I've, I've done a lot of speaking on this. I've interviewed over 600 people, and what astounds me is that everyone has a story either uh, about themselves or about somebody that's been close to them that has been targeted. And everyone has a story in terms of where they could have intervened to become a witness, a resistor, defender, and activist to, uh, to change the situation. And, um, and that's why I say... Uh, Every, uh, pretty, much, pretty much everyone uh, has been exposed to it. Yeah. But when you ask the question, well, what did, what did we do about it? And um, the majority of people indicate for a variety of reasons that they did nothing. And in many cases, they fell into the bully's trap as well and, uh, and made a bad situation worse. Mm 
So the bystander can play a huge role in becoming that witness, defender, resistor, and activist. And um, what uh, I'm now working on with, uh, in conjunction with Yale University is really determining some hard evidence in terms of how people feel in the workplace and why they feel the way they do. And the evidence that I now have, and it will be validated by the research that we do at Yale, is the number one issue that people have is what they are expected to do or witness in their workplace that goes beyond their ethical boundaries or things they're not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And harassment and abuse is one of the top areas of frustration. Can you give us some examples of this? Because, you know, it's one thing to talk about it sort of theoretically. Your, your book is filled with stories, by the way, that are just unbelievable. But give us an example so we can see this real time here. How, uh, being bullied, wh- what does that even mean? Well, being bullied is, is being targeted. And, and is, 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 it, 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 it comes in a variety of forms of verbal badgering, it uh, could be very more subtle, as I described before, in terms of being sabotaged, withheld information, not being, uh, not being able to uh, go to meetings that they're required, that, that they need to go to uh, in order to do their job, is being talked about, uh, is being discredited, it's, uh, and it's, the ways and means is a whole variety of, of things. Right. And, well, you've got this great story. I'm just going to jump in here again because you, you, the, the stories are amazing. For example, you have a story about a gal called Linda, who Linda uh, was working in a corporation or a company. She had a really good working relationship. She was very happy and pleased and so forth. And then she got diagnosed with cancer, had kids, um, and depended on this job uh, as a you know, primary provider in her family. Uh, she goes to her boss. Uh, she says, look at she was afraid to ask anybody else for help, okay, because she needed, she needed help. So she finally turns to her boss, who is wonderful in the beginning. He says, absolutely, I'll help you. I will, you know, uh, you can take the time off that you need, et cetera, et cetera. And she, like, can't believe it. She's very excited about it until one night he says, I, I'm, I, I need, I'd like to go to dinner with you. And she says, oh, well, that's a little weird, but, you know, maybe he's lonely. Or I think he says to her, you know, he's feeling a little cut off uh, socially in his life and, She's like, well, for all, after all, he's done all this stuff for me. I think I'm going to go with him. Well, turns out the story keeps getting worse from there. I mean, it literally just takes a nosedive from there. He actually says some things to her that are out and out outrageous. Uh, but, but it's like the frog in the boiling water. Little by little, he sets her up and basically says to her, hey, this is reciprocity. This is how it goes. I do for you, you do for me. And she ends up having to sleep with this guy, right, practically. Doesn't, doesn't she end up having sex with him? Well, uh, she was asked to, uh, to uh, go to a uh, club where it was a uh, orgy. And she was that's asked to participate in that um, while he watched. Oh, that's right. And, she ran out the door. And, right. And that and that was the that was the breaking point for her, and she ran out and um, and then uh, and then brought it to a head. Yeah. So 
so basically... Now, Pete, now, now, now the reaction I get, uh, got from that uh, story was very interesting because uh, uh, many people said, well, no, God, that's, you know, that's so extreme, it's, you know, it's hard to believe. Uh, just just after the book came out, the Bill Cosby stories came out. Oh yeah. Oh, it's and, not only hard to believe. I said okay. Yeah. I said okay. You know, so don't believe mine. Uh, yeah. uh, just uh, watch the news. Yeah, and people don't want to believe it probably because they've seen it and part of it. It's too painful to to look at. We're going to be back right after the break. More with Andrew Foss right here on Marion Live talking about his new book, The Bully's Trap: Bullying in the Workplace. More when we return. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No No More More Love Life Life Drama Drama for us. us. Shh, over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 in car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Wow, we need a five-hour show on this topic. This is so intense. Seriously, we're so glad you tuned in. Uh, Have you been bullied? Are you being bullied? Maybe you don't even know it. Maybe you're even a bully. Here's the thing. This is so pervasive. It's it's a cultural complex. It's a cultural problem. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, but during the break, Andrew Foss and I were discussing, oh, my God, uh, this is so pervasive, and most of us are terrified, A, uh, and B, we don't know what's happening. And, and how is that? Why is that? And, Andrew, you were saying it's because it's been normalized. This has been rewarded. This is the game that we're in, and people have to learn how to play because they're trying to survive. So it's not like there's bad guys, you know, the perpetrator and the victim is such an easy way to go here. It's literally that this is the way our culture has created a reward system uh, around uh, getting to the top, right? There's got to be a way to get to the top, and everybody wants to get there. This is, this is rough. This is why Bernie Sanders is so popular. He's trying to help us find a new way. Maybe socialism isn't the answer, but certainly this paradigm is really over. It's doing a lot of damage. So 
So let's pick up where we left off. Andrew Foss is joining us, who's an author and coming out of the, um, the big corporate uh, uh, climate here, trying well, to help us understand bullying. What else do we need to know here that's really important before we get into the solution? Well, the one thing I, I would like to point out, you know, as we raise the level of awareness on this, uh, and I've experienced it uh, quite a bit, is the pushback I get from executives who, who indicate that uh, that this is not occurring in their their environment, and uh, and what I assert and my findings are somewhat extreme, um, and that's uh, and. But when I talk to them, I, I find out that the core of their concern is that employees will use it as a sword or a shield. Mm-hmm. And if a manager is being um, is doing his job in terms of correcting deficiencies, in terms of demanding uh, results, uh, is in terms of dealing with what a manager needs to deal with, he's going to be afraid of being labeled a bully. Mm-hmm. And in my book, I, I, I have spent a fair bit on making distinctions in terms of what is bullying and what is not bullying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it's important to make those kind of distinctions. And I'll just use one as an example, and that is, um, is and I'll use an analogy, asking the question, is boot camp and my response to that is, no, not normally. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's not, it, it, it's, a, it's obviously a tough thing for people to go through and very demanding, but it, its intention is to build strength and endurance. Mm-hmm. And if we send people into harm's way without having them go through that kind of testing of strength and endurance, mm-hmm. it would be totally irresponsible. Mm-hmm. But when it, it crosses a line and is meant to destroy the person, then it becomes bullying. Or even injure or harm. It doesn't even have to be destroyed. Injure and harm. Injure or harm. We don't have to be that extreme. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that extreme. And not only physically, psychologically. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because those are the words that you can't see. And and that's why it, it is important to make uh, make those distinctions. Yeah. And we can get into it relative to uh, uh, to uh, sexual bullying. Uh, you know, is flirting bullying? Um, and uh, and so I make the distinction between flirting and stalking. And where does it cross the line? Well, the moment the moment it becomes unwanted, mm-hmm. it crosses that line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this and, is, for lots of folks, this is, it feels like a really gray area, but here's the interesting thing. You really show us the pattern here, that there is a bully trap. There's not an isolated incident. It's an ongoing issue. It's a matter of fact that the bully will even bully if the person leaves the job. They will want to lord their power or continue this dynamic um, far beyond the workplace. So this is bigger than just your job. This is a, a sort of a, a dynamic that exists that if you don't stand up for yourself, which is what I, um, you know, the, the latter part of the book teaches us how to do, how to set boundaries, how to notice if we're being bullied, how to fight back, how to, how to protect ourselves uh, without further victimizing or harming ourselves or anybody else. 
Um, these distinctions are critical to make, but the first one is, is getting out of the bully trance, I think. You know, to not even know that this is going on and the, the people that want to keep this in place, which brings us to the conversation about the cultural climate. Talk a little bit about what you mean by that, that this cultural climate of bullying is so pervasive that it really prevents most of us from even seeing that this is an issue or naming it. It's a, it's a it's it's a it's a climate of fear, and in creating a psychologically safe work environment uh, is the kind of culture that uh, we are espousing. So, what is a psychologically safe work environment? It's an environment where unnecessary stress is reduced or ideally eliminated. And again, uh, what we're seeing in, in real time on prime time is this whole uh, fear factor being, uh, being just totally exploited. Mm-hmm. And it is a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm you know, still perplexed as to, um, as to how people are responding to it. Mm-hmm. And that makes that, that validates uh, for me that you know people uh, have considered and do consider uh, this barbaric behavior as being the norm, and rationalize it by by indicating well uh, he's only a tough manager and he tells it like it is. And uh, but what what is uh, what what's missing is. Uh, what he's telling is uh, is not is not correct. Yeah, and is it. wrong. Yeah, yeah. Just because you're screaming at us, you know, people just start to listen because it's easier to listen. And uh, yeah, you follow the power, as they say, right? So, so this just is follow. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yep. No, go. You go. Yeah, so, so in terms of of uh, you know creating the the right culture or environment is to gain a deep understanding on how people feel about their work. A deep understanding as to why they feel the way they do. A deep understanding as to whether or not people feel that they are working to their full potential. And a deep understanding on what are the barriers to that, uh, to their being able to work at their full potential. And I followed that model uh, for the bulk of my career in terms of just asking people, how do you feel? And what are the stress factors? And what prevents you from doing what we expect of you? And what do you expect of us to uh, be successful and, uh, and thrive in this environment? And a lot of people talk about culture in terms of the perks they offer, the free lunches, the gyms, the, the sexy perks. Which, by the way, many companies are clawing back because of the financial pressures. Mm-hmm. And, and those things don't make culture. They may help you attract and retain some people. But culture is the way an organization operates. Yeah, I mean, you said that one of the number one motivations for bully, bullies have for targeting their victims is, um, they, to get them out of the organization, right? And they, yes. 
said that earlier. Uh, so this is sort of a setup to, to move people around at your will how you want it. And what you were saying, we're going to break right now, is that if you don't, if you aren't clear on the expectations you have of your own work environment, it's easier to fall into this trap. When we get back right after these messages, we're going to talk about what we can do about it. Despite how uh, negative this all sounds, and we come back right, up, right here on Marion Live, there, there are things we can do about it. We can do it together when we get back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marianne Live. Wouldn't it be nice if it was so clear in our minds when something was happening and we didn't have the... the the uh, information in hindsight, well, that's why Andrew Foss has written this book, The Bully's Trap. You need to know what's going on. This book may give clarity to you or somebody you know in a way that's just going to knock your lights out. You won't believe it. It's amazing what's going on culturally, individually. We've covered a lot of this territory around bullying, what it is, the distinctions between it being this or not that, it. And so in this uh, segment, Andrew, we're going to talk some about what we can do about it. And you say a lot of it has to do with awareness um, and differentiating what's happening. And let's start with being targeted. So let's say you've been targeted and you are being bullied. Let's go from there. Well, the advice I give to people who are targeted is uh, do not deal with it alone. And in so many cases, people feel that uh, the stigma attached to uh, to, it, to declaring that uh, you're being targeted is um, is considered weak. Uh, a lot of people blame themselves uh, that they think, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong to cause this. And it's a, just a very, very lonely place. Um, it's not in most people's nature to confront situations like this. And it's very difficult to confront situations like this. And that's why I say go to someone, ideally in the organization, that you can get some advice on to describe what is, what is happening to you and get advice on how to confront it. And I say ideally internally. Uh, however, in most cases, and my stats are in over well over 70% of the cases, uh, it should be human resources, but it can't be because human resources are part of the problem versus yeah. part of the solution. Yeah, and, and that's a whole other topic. But yeah. <laughs> it's a whole other topic. But uh, if you can't find somebody in the organization, then, then talk to a family member, talk to somebody you can relate to, talk to a friend. Mm-hmm. The other piece of advice is document. And once you realize what's going on, 
is just make copious notes of it as soon as, uh, right after it's happened. In some situations where it can be verbalized or it's verbalized, record it. And a lot of people say, well, isn't it illegal to record a conversation like that? And the legal answer is no, because uh, if, uh, if it's between two parties and one of the parties agree, then it's not legal. You're one of the parties, and it provides uh, uh, as close to indisputable evidence as to what's happening to you. Okay. So let's say you are at a place where you're, you know something's going on, you reach out, and um, then what? Uh, sometimes uh, the climate is, or, or people believe, you know what, I'm going to have to leave, because, or they're, they're going to gang up on me. This isn't just about one person. Uh, other people are complicit. Let's bring in that piece now. Okay, and, and on that, the, you know, the same rules apply and uh, same guidelines apply in terms of um, uh, getting, you know, somebody's input in terms of how to confront a mob, mm -hmm. and that's what it's become. Mm -hmm. um, and the, 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 uh, the, the key to this is um, aligning um, yourself with somebody in the organization who are part of the mob but you can feel that are not comfortable in terms of being that. Mm -hmm. And invariably, it, it, it happens uh, that way. Mm -hmm. when, and when I talk about confronting it, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I don't espouse in the first instance a, um, a, a Cosby-type of, of investigation where the victims are having to go through the same thing that uh, they went through or reliving what they, the horrors that they lived through before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, in my experience, I found that in most cases, uh, particularly with sexual uh, harassment, mm -hmm. is if the bully is confronted directly and or indirectly, in the majority of cases, it stops there. Mm -hmm. And that is what the target usually wants. They don't want this big, uh, prolonged investigation where it becomes a um, um, a atom bomb killing a mouse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They just want it stopped. Mm -hmm. And the method I've used in in that, in many instances, as a manager and as an executive, is where I where I hear noise of something going on, whether it's sexual harassment or other forms of harassment or extortion or abuse, whatever. I usually go to the person who is being uh, accused, if you will, and indicate to that person, I'm hearing a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. And if that person says, well, wait a minute, you know, like I'm, and starts defending it, I say, well, wait a minute, I'm not accusing you. All I'm doing is, is telling you what I'm hearing, so please do not deny what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing anything that is creating this noise, I would suggest you stop it. And, again, in the majority of situations, it does stop. Yeah. And that's where, where uh, again, a lot of people fall into the trap of, of, of disproportionately putting the onus on the, the target to right. prove with any doubt, beyond any doubt, right. that this is happening to, to him or her. That's right. 
And in my view, it should be the reverse. Yeah, exactly. And say, you know, and you don't, you know, you're, you're guilty, uh, you know, until proven innocent. And I, I very much believe in that. But I also very much believe that it needs to be a very balanced and and uh, and uh, and swift and uh, direct uh, approach to this. And again, it need not be an atom bomb to kill about to kill a mouse. You know, and this power differential is something that's happening, like you said, on a social level. It happens all over the place. It's an issue in the Western culture. We have to learn to stand up for ourselves. We have to learn how to do it systematically, to have courage, to feel support, all the things that are not going to necessarily be easy, but that, Andrew, your book helps us do so beautifully. It's a genius book. It's a powerful tool. We're coming up to the top of the hour. What do you want to leave us with today? Well, I, I want to leave everyone with uh, the message that, you know, this has been under the radar for so long. And my book is is just that. Is You know, I didn't start out by, by um, uh, with the intention of writing a book. It's a very difficult thing to do. What I wanted to do is open up a discussion and debate so that people can start talking about it and particularly the bystanders, because they witness what's going on with their co-workers, and they are in the best position to support that co-worker so that a stop can be put to something that is, in many cases, killing people. Beautiful. And it's an invitation for evolution, not revolution, people. We can do this together. We can stop bullying in the workplace and anywhere else together. Andrew Foss, thanks for joining us today. We're so grateful you took the time to come out and share your new book with us. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity. Oh, you betcha, everybody. If you want more information, andrewfoss.com, Andrew, F-A-A-S.com. For more information, go to Marion Live as well, info at Marion Live. The Bullies Trap, Andrew Foss has been with us on Marion Live. Thanks again, Andrew. We're so grateful to have had you with us this hour. Thank you so much. And also, uh, I have a blog on that site as well. Oh, beautiful. We will stay in touch with you and your blog. And if you've got any stories, feedback, or what have you, I'll tell you, I'm sure Andrew is open to it. His book is filled with outrageous, amazing, powerful stories and uh, stories that will inspire you to pull yourself out of this situation, turn it around, we can do it together. Uh, once again, Andrew, thanks for joining us on Marian Live. We're so glad that you uh, took the time to be here with us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host, Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Lide and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. To be a good father is the most important job in a man's life. But it doesn't have to be hard. Play catch. Go to a park or visit a zoo. Help your child with their homework. 
sit down together for dinner, ask them how their day was. Things get busy, and sometimes we all fall short. But the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at one eight seven seven for dad 411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. Oh, wow. What a show, everybody. We're so glad that you were with us today. Uh, bullying, such a huge conversation. The Bully's Trap is the title of Andrew Foss's book. Get a copy. Give it to your friends. Uh, once again, thank you, Andrew Foss, for joining us on Marion Live. Uh, next week, everybody, Dr. Edweed, she's going to be with us. You're not crazy. You're awakening. She's going to talk about what it's like to awaken from the ego story, from when you think that you are someone that you are and you find out that's not who you really are right here on Marion Live. Join us, won't you? Last part of our practice is go do something for somebody else. Don't let them know you did it. You've got your three keys with us here on Marion Live. Join us next time. Go to MarionLive.com for more information. I wish you every blessing, everybody. Take good care.